Father, I pray that you will grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards them that believe. Pray that you will strengthen them, give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that are receptive. May they receive the word of God. And may they leave this place not the same. Cause them to know you. Cause them to be plugged into the vine, the true vine. And may they produce fruit that the Father will be glorified. May their prayers be answered because they're plugged into the true vine. May Jesus be exalted in their lives. I pray five years from now, 10 years, 15, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years from now, that they'll see the fruit of this weekend, Father. And even in its eternal, we pray for eternal fruit, fruit that will remain, Father, in the name of Jesus, that this fruit will bring glory to your name, will usher into your kingdom, that, Lord, I thank you, Father, that the world will partake of the fruit that they produce in Jesus' name. And Father, me as your servant and your slave, as your son and your slave, grant to, unto me supernatural divine utterance that, my, that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. Holy Spirit, you're the greatest teacher there is, so teach through me. You're the greatest one to prophesy. Prophesy through me this morning, Father. Uh, Father, I thank you for the Holy Ghost who dwells on the inside of us. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the greater one is anointing us. The greater one is pouring out the glory of God. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. Go back with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We're going to make it through verse 8 by the grace of God. Amen. <laughs> let's, let's believe God for, for that. John chapter 15. Reading out of the English Standard Version. I'm going to read the first eight verses. And you got to say, I got it. Okay, thank you for the three, I got it. Amen. Anybody else got it? All right. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. Amen to the reading of God's word. Again, we see that Jesus is declaring who he is. He says, I am the true vine. And then he begins to declare who the Father is. He says, my Father is the vine dresser. And then he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And then verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. 
And we said this from last night, that God, David said in Psalm 119, verse 11, that I've hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And we're clean through the word of God. The word will clean us up. The word is, is given by God so we can get our thinking straight. How many know that we have stinking thinking? We don't think right. We think like the world because we're born in the world, right? And then the Lord, by his grace, causes us to be born again. And therefore, he gives us his word. According to Romans chapter 12, it says, um, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, but be renewed or be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so the first, the first mandate that God gives the Christian is to work on their mind. You got to work on your mind. The scripture says in Matthew 22, I quoted this last night. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your what? Your mind. So we are to love the Lord with our minds. So, so what's going on in your mind is God's, God is concerned about what's in your mind. He wants you to think about him all the time. He is a jealous God. He is a self-exalting God. He, he cares who has your heart, who has your soul, and who has your mind. He wants your mind. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, um, if you keep your mind, that means that's, a, that's a, it's been proactive. That means being plugged in. You keep your mind. You, you make your mind. How I many of you got to make your mind do stuff? Yeah. You gotta, when you're reading just in general, you got to make your mind read what you're, pay attention to what you're reading. The same way in worship. We, we just had an, a wonderful presence of God through songs and worship. And when we sing, we're not just singing any kind of song. We, we, should, we should be thinking about what we're singing about. Yeah. Listen, the, your worship is only as valuable to God as it is to you. Yeah. So if you're not pouring your heart into your words, what you're singing to the Almighty God, God, it's just, you're just singing a song. It's a sing-along service. But when you say, oh, Lord, I love you, you're God, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're making your mind think about what your word is saying. You're pouring your heart in. Jesus says, you are already clean through the words that I've spoken. So the word has been given by God so that we can change our thinking. Spending time in the word is a daily decision. It requires faith to open up your Bible and read it. Somebody said earlier that um, they have a hard time reading, but reading is a gift from God. You should read every single day. And you should read hard stuff. Amen? This is a side note. This is a rabbit trail, as some people say. Let's go catch this rabbit. So on this rabbit trail, I want to just encourage you all to read. Reading is fundamental. The more you read, the more you know. Because all that you know is all that you know, but all that you know is not all there is to know. And we would spend thousands of dollars to go to college when we can go get a free education down the street at the library. If you're not disciplined in high school, you don't need to go to a university. Not, not a four year, you need to go to community college. It's cheaper. And it is discipline when you get to the university. Amen? It's not about getting degrees. It's about getting understanding. People will pay you for your understanding. If you learn how to solve problems, you'll be a wealthy person. So learn to develop critical thinking skills. Learn to grow in your understanding. The Bible says in Proverbs 1, it says, A wise man will hear an increasing learning. So increase your understanding. Proverbs 4 says, get wisdom and all you're getting, get understanding. Yeah. Don't let another day go by without getting some understanding of that day. Get I, I was talking to the older pastors, two of the older pastors the other day, and I'm like, I'm just grabbing wisdom. 81 year, years old, still pastoring. I, I want to get understanding. How did you do it? How did you live this long and still love Jesus? How did you maintain a love for the church and battle against the enemy? Give me your wisdom. You're not getting out of here until you give me your wisdom. Amen. So grow in your understanding. Learn how to read. Make yourself sit down and read. I got a four-year-old, right? I got a four-year-old, and I'll make him sit down and read. I said, you will sit down. If you can spend hours and hours looking at the iPad, looking at um, um, YouTube for kids, and I'm monitoring what he watches, right? Um, he, I'm not going to allow the enemy or the world to disciple my son. Yeah. 
So we sit down, we read a Bible. We got a little study Bible, a, a children's Bible, and I read it to him because I'm trying to make him clean. And then I read a theological book for him, a little book that is teaching your kids how to be a theologian. And so he can tell you about sin. He can tell you about Adam and Eve. Then I have a book called God Made All of Me. And this book deals with protecting him from people who would try to abuse him sexually. And he knows the difference between a penis and a vagina. He knows that no one should touch his penis except for his wife. And his mom and I have permission because we're cleaning him. And the doctors have permission because he, they're checking him. But no one should touch him. So we talk about sex. We talk about, at four years old, this is not going to be, oh, the birds and the bees, because he grew up with the birds and the bees. It's normal. So creating a culture. So learning how to read will cause you to grow. That's the rabbit. Let's get back on trail. And so it says um, to, we must develop a, a, a spend time in the word. You, you, will, and you will not be strong in Christ unless you make time for the word. The word will make a difference in your life. Stand in living contact with God requires you reading the Bible. When you read his word, you enter into his presence. You need to read it in faith. Believe every word that you read. Believe it. Believe the big guys. <laughs> so-and-so, the guys, so-and-so. I believe that. I don't know what he's talking about. I believe that. I believe Noah built an ark. I believe God created the world. And I believe that he's coming back again. I believe that there's a devil. I believe there are angels. Believe every single word. Begin to read. We'll give you some practical steps in a few minutes. Let's look at verses 4 and 6. 4 through 6. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Notice here, Jesus is telling us who we are. He says, you are the branches. I love that. So if you need to find your identity, just read the Bible. Discover who you are in Christ. So this morning, I want to talk to you from the theme, walking in Christ, or walking in the vine. Abiding in Christ, or abiding in Christ means to remain in a continual, unbroken, unhindered fellowship with God. It means that you are not going anywhere. And as a reminder, relationship was given to us by Christ, but fellowship is something that we develop daily. Another way to look at it, fellowship is two fellows who decide to be on the same ship. That was a joke, come on. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus is talking to the church. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. He's talking to us. So we got to open up our hearts. You know, the Lord will not kick the door down. He only comes by invitation. So you got to invite him. He says, I want to come in and I want to sup with you. I want to have dinner with you. That's what the scriptures are telling us, that we should open up our heart, the door of our heart. You have to make time to spend, you may have to make a decision to spend time with God daily. You know that the devil is afraid of you spending time in the word of God? He'll let you come here a pretty little sermon. He'll let you sing. But make, have you ever noticed that when you open the Bible, you get sleepy? Come on, raise your hand. Let me, let me see some honest people. Guess, guess what's working? That's the enemy. The God of this world, the ruler of this world, the ruler of this age is at work to keep you from that work. He's afraid. The Bible says if the gospel is here, it is here from those whom the God of this world has blinded. So Satan has blinded people who don't know Jesus. Anybody who doesn't know Jesus, Satan has blinded them. And the gospel brings light. The gospel brings faith. Who, Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when the word of God comes, faith enters. And the eyes are open. And so you got to make a decision to read your Bible every day. Be religious about it. Say, you know what? Just like I got to eat every day, just like I got to brush my teeth every day, just like I got to take a shower every day, I got to read this. Five minutes a day, I got a little thing called 20 minutes of power. 10 minutes of reading the Bible and 10 minutes of praying. Yeah. 20 minutes of power can change your life. Yes. It's not the quantity, but it's the quality of that time with God. It's that 10 minutes. That 10 minutes can transform your day. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. 
And so here, the scripture tells us in four through six, it talks about abiding in him. Make this the last day that social media will destroy your life. Make this the last day television and movies will destroy your life. Say, you know what? I got, I'm working on something. Turn that phone off because you're in an appointment with God. This is my 20 minutes. I'm not going anywhere. Nope, nope. You can text me. You can send me notifications. I am in. I'm reading the text from God. I'm not going anywhere. Don't let social media destroy your relationship with God. Say, this is it. I, I got to get this. This is my meeting time with God. This is my fellowship. The devil will send distractions. Uh, you know, it's like when you're fasting, people will call you and say, hey, I want to take you out to dinner. Like, oh, man. Or somebody brings some food to work or school. Like, I'm fasting. And you can't tell them you're fasting, but they're like, oh, man. That's the same way with reading the Bible. When you make that decision, all of a sudden, you'll start thinking about it. You may notice when you start praying, your mind start wondering. What you're going to eat afterwards? Who, who, who's doing so and so? Is somebody watching me while I'm lifting my hands? I mean, your mind goes all over the place, and you got to fight that. Those are distractions from the enemy. Fight to stay plugged in. Fight for it. It's worth fighting for. Your, your, your relationship and fellowship with God is worth fighting for. And say, so I'm going to fight for this. I got to get in my word. Listen, you know, if they decide to take the Bibles away from me, you have so much word in you because you've been spending time that no one can defeat you. Amen. So you cannot bring fruit by yourself. This is what Jesus is saying. You cannot produce a life worthy of God outside of Christ. You cannot do what the Bible says outside of Christ. When you are plugged into Christ, he gives you the power to do what he says. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And so when you're plugged in with the vine, that power kicks in for you to do his commands. So, you know, you hear young people say all the time, oh, it's so hard being a Christian. Oh, it's so hard. I can, it's hard to not, to not have sex before marriage. It's hard to not cuss. This means you're relying on your own power. Yeah. See, Jesus says, my yoke is easy yeah. and my burden is light. And Proverbs says that the way of the transgressor is hard. And see, that's why you can, if you decide to walk with the world, be plugged up to the world, it's going to be hard for you. Yeah. It may, it, sin is pleasurable for a moment. Yeah. But the Bible says the wages, what is the wage? Minimum wage is what? What's minimum wage? 8 what? 825, 820. The wages of sin is death. So one day sin is going to pay you back. As you yield yourself to sin, sin is going to get you. It's just like if you have, um, you, you, you know, you mess around with marijuana. You know, they, they make it marijuana free, uh, uh, legal. You mess around with it. Oh, I'm just doing it for pleasure. God wants me, he says, let the herbs satisfy me in Genesis 1. Guess what? That leaf will say, come on, it's time. You know what time it is. Come on, get some right now that it becomes a bondage. What starts out as being fun and pleasurable, all of a sudden becomes an addiction. Oh, let me look at a little porn. Let me say a little few words that don't glorify God. And then all of a sudden you just, it builds. Next thing you know, it has a hole on you. It becomes a stronghold in your mind and in your life. Now it's telling you what to do. You know what? It's time. It's like, come on, come on. You got those urges? Come on, come on, come on. Release. Not now. Release. I, and you got to submit to it. The Bible says in John chapter 8 that whosoever commits sin becomes a slave to it. And so you become a slave to that sin that you yield to over and over and over. You know how while having sex outside of marriage, it becomes addictive? You begin, oh, I got to do it. I'm not going to do it again. Oh, God, you're in the service. Oh, I'm not going to do it. And then, oh, there she is. There he is. And you melt. Now there's a soul tie. She comes around, he comes around. I'm not going to do it. No, 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 no. And you yield to it again and again and again. And each time you yield to it, you give power to it. You strengthen that thing. See, living for Christ requires Christ to strengthen you. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can live a life that is holy because Christ is strengthening me. Because I'm connected to the vine. If you're not connected or plugged into the vine, then you're doing it on your own. It's called works. 
But when you're connected to the vine, the true vine is called grace. God's grace will kick in and strengthen you, and you'll be like Paul. I don't know whether I'm doing it or the grace of God, because it's so intertwined. Here it goes on, it says, the um, Bible talks about we can't do anything without God. It takes the God, the Holy Spirit, for you to serve the Father God. Abiding in Christ means to rely on Christ for your salvation, for your sanctification, for your spiritual growth. Abiding in Christ does not come automatically. It takes God himself to empower you, spirit-empowered efforts. The Bible says in Philippians 2, verse 13, it says, he that begun, well, I'm sorry, I'm misquoting it. It is God who is at work within you both to do of his good pleasure and his will. So God is at work with you. When you're connected to the vine, the true vine, God is at work within you. The Holy Spirit has been sent so that we, so he can help us to walk in this journey of faith. Relying on him, ask him to help you. So whenever you're facing a challenge, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Holy Spirit, help me not to cuss today. Holy Spirit, help me not to gossip or complain. Help me not to lie. I rely on you. You have been sent. It is through, your, through the Spirit that I put to, de put, put to death the deeds of this body. I yield to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. He's been sent to help us. And you got to rely on him to live this Christian life. Most believers that I know are trying to do this on their own. They're relying on a willpower, but God's grace is available to all who's, who are asked. Ask in faith and rely on him. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the Son of God. So it's going to take the Son of God empowering me to live for God. Amen? faith in him. Fruit will only be produced as the result of abiding in Christ. Staying connected with Christ through faith in his finished work in a continual pursuit of him. The more you commune with God, the more fruit you'll bear. Did you hear me? The more you commune with God, the more fruit you'll bear. Good fruit. How many know if you're connected with the world, you'll produce some bad fruit? You know how it is, hanging around with the wrong person. The Bible says, he that is wise, walk with wise men. The Bible also says, bad company corrupt good morals, or bad man, good manners, right? So if, if I hang around with the wrong person, until you're strong in God, stronger in God than they are in their sin, don't hang around them. If they're strong in their sin, stronger in their sin than you are in your God, that's not a friend right now. When you get stronger in God than they are in their sin, you can go and make an influence. You can become a righteous peer pressure. Amen? Amen. So the more you commune with this God, the more you'll, you'll birth fruit. God has given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. There are no more excuses. Don't say it's hard because he's provided his grace to get you through the battle. Amen. When you get God, you get everything you need. I know, I know of a, a general of the faith. He was 18, 19. He traveled the world with $3 in his pocket because he had God. And he changed the world. He sent, he sent ships of food across this world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you get God, you get everything you need. Amen. I love what the woman of God says, give me Jesus. The Holy Spirit inside of you will always cry, give me more Jesus. The Holy Spirit will empower you. Your number one prayer should be, Father, give me more of Jesus. Yeah. Give me more. I want more of Jesus. Give me more of Jesus. The reward of worship is God. The reward of worship is God. You know how we worship God last 20, 30 minutes? It's not just the feeling or the experience. It is getting God himself. The reward of reading the Bible is getting God. The reward of going to church is getting God. The reward of living holy is getting God. Amen. The goal of Christianity is God himself. The purpose of salvation is to get God. Going to heaven 
It's all about getting God. See, heaven is wonderful because God is there. Yeah. Some people want to go to heaven, but they don't want God. I wonder if God and heaven got a ghetto. No. It's about God. We get to get God. We get to spend eternity with God. That is the purpose of your salvation. You're saved not because of religions and do's and don'ts. You're saved so you can have God. He wanted to be so close with you, he wanted to get inside of you. You can't get no closer than that. He said, I want to be so close with my people, I want to get inside of them. And many times we call the church the house of God, but really it is the house that, that, that the collective house of God comes to. Amen. So when you get God, you got everything you need. Make him your priority. And he'll cause you to be, to produce like a tree planted by the streams of water. And whatever you do will prosper. Psalm 1. If you're connected with the true vine, walking in Christ, you'll prosper. Everything that you do, if you remain in Christ, you'll have victory in your life every single time. God is concerned about you having victory over the flesh, victory over sin, victory over your attitude, victory over the dishes. Come on, your parents tell you to wash dishes and you get an attitude. Get victory over your attitude. Say, how can God send you to the nations and you can't go to the dishes? Yeah. Amen? Get victory over the dishes. Get victory over taking the trash out. Get victory. Come on. Get victory over pornography. Get victory over cheating and lying on the test. And say, no, I'm not going to cheat. If I, if I get the F, I get the F. It's all right. It's all right. Then you just got to make it up. You may have to do summer school. He'll teach you how to not, to be prepared, right? <laughs> Getting victory doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy. I don't want to portray that life is easy with Christ. But I do want to let you know that you can have victory over every situation. Now, if you don't abide in Christ, there will be no fruit. The Father will take you and throw you into the fire, and you'll go into a Christless eternity. Jesus is talking about hell in this, this passage. And he's telling us that if you're not abiding or plugged into Christ, and how do you get plugged into Christ? You get born again. So if you're not born again, you're going to go. If you die and still not born again, you're going to go into a Christless eternity. Hell is real, my friend. Yes, hell is real. And a lot of times we don't hear that word, but Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. There is a real hell to avoid and a real heaven to gain. God wants you to go to heaven, not only for your pleasure, so that you can be with him. Hell is burning. And the Bible says in this passage that if you're not plugged in and producing fruit, that he's, the Father's going to gather you up and throw you into the place to have everlasting fire. Yeah. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. 7 and 8 says this. It says that if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you can ask what you wish and it will be done unto you. For you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so that you prove to be my disciples. I'm almost finished. Stay with me for a little bit longer. If you abide in Christ or remain connected to Him, and His words abide in you, then you can ask whatever you will, and God will make sure you get it. The Word of God abides in you to the extent that you do it. So how do you know if the word is abiding in you, if you're doing it? If you're doing what the word says, the word of God is abiding in you. You cannot have change. You cannot change what you do not measure. So you got to measure how much does the word of God abide in you? If you don't read the Bible, guess what? The word won't get in you. John chapter 8, verse 31, 32 says, you, if, you, if you are my disciples, then you'll continue in my word and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. The more word you get, the more free you'll get. We need to, get, we need to be set free from, the, from, from a bunch of garbage. We have things working in us from our parents, our grandparents, things that are in our nature from Adam. And we need that word in us so that that word can destroy those things. You know, we have some experiences, some things that we gain ourselves 
strongholds. And then there's some experiences that we borrowed from somebody else. And we need that word to destroy those things. See, the word of God will go after those things. The word of God will set you free. Colossians 3 verse 16 says this. I hope you're taking notes. Colossians 3 verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So you need to become rich in the word. Word. Rich in the word. How, how's your word like? How much, do you, how much of the word you know? How much of the word do you obey? How much of the word, how much of the word is really in your life? Spending time praying and spending time studying the scriptures will keep you plugged in. Going to church where the Bible is preached will keep you plugged in. And your faith will grow as, the, as you do these things daily. The Holy Spirit will use the word of God to set you free. To keep you really plugged into the vine. To deliver you from this present evil of this world. To keep you from sin. To keep your mind in the right place. The word will remind you of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1 says, um, in the day, and remember the days in your youth. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. So how do we remember the creator? By reading the Bible. The Bible is a reminder of God. We remember God by reading the Bible. And when you don't read the Bible, when you don't hear the word, you don't remember God. You can ask what you will, and it will be done for you. The word of God will teach you how to pray. And when the word is in you in abundance, you won't be asking for anything that's contrary to his will. You will ask for what he said you can have. Your prayers will be either um, the word itself or be in sync or in agreement with the word. When you pray the word, the Lord will move heaven and earth to bring that word to pass in your life. Your prayers will be guaranteed. I dare you to go beyond this weekend and make reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, and declaring God's word part of your life. And you'll never be the same. Verse 8 talks about that the Father is glorified when you're producing as a believer. God, has, God wants to make you a producer. He wants you to produce some things. We're called to produce fruit for his glory. God wants your prayer life to be fruitful. Some of your prayer life think. I'm going to just let you know. It's think because you're not praying anything. You're praying based on feelings. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I do this for me, Lord. Oh, do this. And you're just going by your feelings. When you get the word in you in abundance, you can pray with confidence. Yeah. You can pray with authority. Yeah. You can pray for the things that's on his heart. Yeah. You can pray for salvations for people. Amen. And see God do it. You can pray for healings for people and see God heal people. I remember I was 19 years old in the, in the prison, going to prison. Not because I did anything, but I had a prison ministry. Let me clarify that. <laughs> um, I was going into the prison ministering. And there was an older man. Well, in, at the time, I thought he was older. Um, he was in his 30s. He got shot behind his ear. He was deaf. And I laid my hands on him. And guess what happened? And I, I spoke to his deafness according to the Bible, and God opened his ears. And he said to me, this Jesus stuff is real. To this day, we're friends on Facebook. He got out, and now he's in church serving God. Amen. Amen. I prayed for a young lady. I was working as a transporter at a hospital, going to Bible college. I prayed for a young lady. She was, she was going to dialysis, and I was transporting her to dialysis. And I said, let me pray for you. We're in the elevator, and I said, I'm going to pray for you now. And I began to say, Father, I thank you that you're a healer, and I speak to this woman's kidneys, and I command them to line up with your word. First Peter 2.24 says, by your stripes, she is healed, and I declare that these kidneys will work in Jesus' name. And I took her to dialysis. Nothing happened right then and there that I saw. Two or three days later, she called the church that I was a member of, and she said, I want to let you know this this guy named Dwayne prayed for me on the way to dialysis, and I, two days after he prayed, my kidneys kicked in. Jesus. I'm telling you, young people, God wants to use you where you are. If you don't ever pray for the sick, you'll never see God as a healer in that area. So you get the Jesus you believe for. You get the Jesus that you know. If you don't know him as a healer, then you won't step out. There was a young man by the name of Cleveland. I took him to Mexico, him and a bunch of about 30 other kids to Mexico. And we went on a mission trip. 
and, and we, were, we dealt with this man who was um, oppressed by the devil, and he was drunk, and he was trying to act up, and I said, Cleveland, get on him right now, lay hands on him, and command that devil to go. Cleveland here, he was 16 or 15, he laid hands on this drunk man in Mexico. He said, in Jesus' name, I command this spirit to go. And all of a sudden, the spirit left him, and he became sober just like that. I'm telling you, the power of God is real. It's not just for the preacher, but imagine young people praying for people in their, school, in their schools and praying for the parents. Don't just sit there and let sickness take your, your, your grandmother out. Pray for your grandmother. A little bit of prayer goes a long way. Amen. Amen. So you can ask what you will. Are you leaving a legacy of sin or righteousness? Do people know you by your lying, your gossiping, or your love? Do people know you about, do they know you for your gratefulness or your complaining? Do people know you for your doubt or your faith? Do people know you by your depression or your joy? Do people know you by your hatred or your love? You're called to produce fruit for the glory of God and the good of humanity. Jesus wants to live through you in a way that you begin to grow in him. He wants you to be a real Christian, not a Christian in name only but a Christian that is producing fruit. He wants you to be a real disciple. So when you follow Jesus, you'll change your world. Jesus calls you to follow him so you can change your world. And when you change your world, you'll change the world. Amen? Begin to change your world by taking that word in your heart. If you're not in him, if you're not in him today, you can receive him by faith. Believe on him and let him be, get, let him be God to you. Let him be the Lord of your life. You haven't lived until God is really Lord of your life. Life begins with Jesus. Everything else is merely existing. I'm going to give you some practical steps real quick, and I'm going to sit down. How to live plugged in, into Christ. One, you've got to stay in living contact with God. Stay in living contact with God. How do you do that, Pastor Dwayne? Through prayer, through reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, and speaking God's word. And number two. Stay connected to the community of God, which is by becoming a part of a church. Become accountable to somebody. Christianity is personable, but it's not private. Don't tell me that you, it's you and Jesus and nobody else. Jesus is always going to connect you with the church. So find an elder or pastor or, or a brother or sister in Christ and begin to um, be accountable for your sins, begin to be accountable for your walk with God. That's how you stay plugged in. And this is my last, my last points right here. How to get the word in you. How many don't want, want to know how to get the word in you? Come on, let me see your hand. Okay, I'm going to give you some practical steps of how to get the word in you. See, we can preach, get the word in you. You know, you need to be rich in the word. But if you don't know how to do it, then you just, it's like waving a stake in front of, me, of, of a dog and then says, I'm not going to give it to you. So I'm going to give you some practical steps. Here we go. The first thing is you got to read. That's simple, right? But that is the hardest step. If you can develop a discipline of faith to read the Bible just every day. It could be a Proverbs. There's 31, day, 31 Proverbs. And most months or some months have 31 days. So take a proverb a day. That's, that's your, you know, start out with Proverbs. Just real simple. Now don't just read Proverbs and that's it. There's more to the Bible than just reading Proverbs, all right? Oh, I'm getting this wisdom, yes. Just Proverbs, and you just become a proverb. You start your own denomination, the Proverb Church. The Proverb Denomination. We just believe in the Proverbs. <laughs> Lord, you go to heaven like, Lord, shake your head like, what about the rest of the words? So when you begin to read, all right, um, just start out with something easy, a short book. Specifically in the New Testament, if you haven't been reading the Bible, don't just jump into the Old Testament because you'd be like, what in the world? So-and-so, we got so-and-so. This is boring. <laughs> like my four-year-old son, this is boring. <laughs> Boredom is the result of, of not knowing God's will, right? Um, and so just start out with Gospel John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or a, a small epistle, 1 John, and begin to read it. And read it in faith. Just say, I believe this. Even if you don't understand everything, I believe it. Go into the word and believe. And then begin to read throughout the Bible over time. So the first thing is to find a book and begin to read it. So who's going to accept this challenge today? Just find a book. Gospel of John. 
Start right there. In the beginning was the word. Just say, you know, I'm going to read the Gospel of John. Amen? And then the second step is, I only got three or four of these. The second is to study the word. So you want to take a passage or a book and read over and 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 over again. Take that passage and read over and over and over and over again. That's called studying. That means you're going to get what the author is trying to say in you. So just read over and over. The book of Philippians, I took two months and I read over and over and over and over and over again. For two months, I read four or five times a day. Just read over and over. Make yourself, and sometimes you're going to get sick of reading that book. Your flesh is like, man, you already know this. Make yourself, I'm going to read it. Listen to me, you're going to read this. And over and over again. Number, thir- number three, meditate the word. So you're, you're reading, now you're studying, now you need to meditate the word. How do you meditate the word? Take an index card, right? And write out a scripture or two. Don't, don't try to take on the whole Bible, okay? Just take a scripture or two, carry that index card, or put it in your smartphone. There's Evernote and different things on your smartphone. Just put that, type that scripture out, and look at it every single day. Say it, pray through that scripture. Let's say, for example, Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So what does that mean? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So throughout the day, I go and look at the scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Lord, I thank you for shepherding me today. Lord, I thank you for shepherding me. Father, help me to understand your shepherdship. Lord, help. I don't know if that was the word. Uh, Lord, I thank you, Father. Lord, you are my shepherd. I thank you that you are my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Want is lack. I shall not lack. Lord, I thank you that there is no lack in my life. There is no, there's no lack, Father. I thank you because you shepherd me. There is no lack. You are all I need. If I got you, I got everything I need because you are the owner of the heavens and the earth. Oh, God, all my needs are met in Christ Jesus. I'm completing him. You own the cattle of all the thousands. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And you go throughout the day or two, three days, and you just meditate on that. That's number three. Number four, memorize it. So you want to commit your mind to the word. So get your memory, give your memory over to the word. You may want to record a passage on your smartphone of you reading the Bible. Because you guess what? You're, you're quicker to believe yourself than you are anybody else. Right? You're quicker to believe yourself more than anybody else. So if you go and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and record that on your smartphone, plug it in like it's iTunes, like it just came off the press, my shepherd, I shall not want, and put it on repeat, the Lord is my shepherd. Go to bed listening to yourself, reading the scriptures to yourself. This is radical, but guess what? You got a lot of stuff in you that's not right. So you got to go to the stream. You got 13 years of strongholds, and you're trying to take that word and, and come against those strongholds. So you just make yourself, make, make it a, a intentional purpose of the word. Get the Bible on, on MP3 files and listen to it. You know, some of y'all listen, how many of y'all listen to music when you go to bed? How many of y'all look at television and let the TV go off while you sleep? Just imagine if you took the word of God and that passage that you're studying and you put it on, on, on repeat and let it go to sleep and then you wake up in the morning, you go to, I'm telling you, it will transform your life. I dare you to do it for 21 days. I dare you. You go home and, and my mom listen, they're not listening to the music. What's going on? They listen to some man reading the Bible to them. I mean, just find a person that you like reading the Bible or re- recording yourself and listen to it. You get up in the morning, you listen to it. Take those index cards, put it on your bathroom mirror. So when you're brushing your teeth, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lord, I thank you for being my shepherd. When I was your age, I put scriptures all over my room. Little scriptures. And just like, when I go to get pick out of clothes, I'll say, I'll say this scripture. When I go pick out this clothes, I'll say this scripture. I mean, it just, it's amazing. And you just get the word. Some people think that I sit down and just memorize all these scriptures. No. Because I've gone over and over and over with these words, they just come to me. Just constantly. Okay? And my last point is this. Declare his word daily. So the same verse that you've been memorizing, meditating on it, begin to say it. So whatever you need from the Lord, speak the word of God concerning that situation over, or concerning that situation. Speak it over your life. Take that word over you. When the enemy messes with you, use the word of God against him. I'm going to show you this in scripture. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus was tempted by the enemy. He did not say what he felt. He did not sing a song. He quoted the word. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, that the word of God 
is like a sword. It's a sword of the spirit. And with the battle that we're in is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wickedness in high places. You take that word and you stick those demons. Say, it is written. When the enemy tells you that you're ugly, say, I am, God likes me. I'm made in his likeness. According to his likeness, he doesn't only love me, but he likes me. He likes me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So devil, I want you to take this. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And he keeps saying to you, you're ugly, you're ugly. Or he tells you to kill yourself. No, I am not playing God. Because people who kill themselves are trying to act like God. You don't have the ability to give life or, 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 or take it life, right? And so, you know what? Devil, get off of me now in Jesus' name. And I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. If you got to say that a hundred times a day. Listen, some people complain about that. It's, a, it's better than you cussing. It's better than you worrying about that situation. I will live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. I will fulfill the number of my days. I thank you, Lord. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I will live and not die. Keep saying that until it becomes a reality. You're speaking that word. Remember somebody said earlier, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, um, don't let this word of God depart from your what? Your mouth. You got to say something. God did not give you a mouth to just be quiet. When the devil beating you up, <laughs> those listen. Those emotions of depression. What the devil does? He, I'm gonna illustrate it. He's on your shoulder and he says depression, and all of a sudden the, a wave of depression hits you. Oh, oh, there's nothing to live for. I'm just a nobody. Oh God. Just... No, I, I can do all things to Christ. Yeah, yeah. I greater is He that is in me than He that's in the world. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Greater is he that is. There was a lady. She was in Peru. I, th I think she was from Peru. She, she came to see this minister. She was dying. She didn't have a voracious appetite. And, and the man of God told her, says, I want you to say that I have a voracious appetite and I will live and not die. And I'm getting stronger every day. You know, the Bible says, let the weak say what? That, th that scripture is not in there just to be pretty. But that scripture is for, if you're weak, I'm strong. She begins to say, I'm strong. I'm strong. And she began to say it. She, for two or three hours, she was yelling at the top of her lungs, I'm strong! Prior to that, she was like, I'm weak. The devil likes weakness. When suicidal thoughts come across your mind, I will live and not die in Jesus' name. He's given his angels charge over me. You, I will not tempt the Lord, my God. Remind Jesus, Jesus was tempted with suicide, right? So we have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He can relate to me feeling like killing myself. I will not die. I will live. I will live a fruitful life. Amen? My last scripture. Um, the scripture says in Psalm 145 verse 1, is, the psalmist says, Make my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. And Proverbs 7 verse 3 tell, tells us to write the word of God on our, the tablets of our heart. How do you write the word of God in your heart? How do you hide it in your heart? You read it, you study it, you memorize it, you meditate on it, and you speak it. Your tongue is a pen of a ready writer. So God will use your tongue to write his word on your heart. Yeah. So you say these scriptures over your life. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. If you're dealing with uh, uh, some type of addiction, I say, I, I, have, I, I have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and I'm transferred or translated into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm free. John chapter 8, verse 28, um, John chapter 8, verse 32, 33 says the son of God has set me free. So I call myself free from, let's say pornography, all right? Let's say you, 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 you are addicted to pornography. So you say with your mouth, Lord, I thank you that I'm free from pornography. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Pornography, I'm free from you. Jesus made me free from you, pornography. Pornography, the Bible says in Romans 6, that sin should not have dominion over me. So therefore, pornography, you have no dominion over me in Jesus' name. Whether it's anger. Anger, I'm free from you in Jesus' name. I say with my mouth that I'm free. The Son of God has made me free from the wrath of man. I'm free from anger in Jesus' name. The fruit of the Spirit is in my life. I have love. I have joy. Even if you don't feel like you writing that word on your heart. Did y'all get some practical steps on how to get the word of God in your heart? What are you going to do? Tell me the first step. You got to read. That's the first step. Just read. 
Open the Bible, read. What's the second step? Study. So you're going to take a passage or take a book, read over and over and over and over and over again. Keep reading it until you, it's in you. Take two or three months. There was a lady, my last story. There was a lady. She decided um, her mom wanted her to go to, I think it's Oxford. So she decided to take 18 months. The mother did. and said, you will not watch television and you will not call anybody for 18 months until you get into Oxford. For 18 months, she worked her butt off. She got straight A's, and guess what the lady did? She went to Oxford. That was just natural. What if you took the next year, right? You, you're coming next year, right? Come on, let me hear you. You're coming next year, right? All right, a year from now, you take these principles and you apply them. What would you be a year from now? If you, you know, let's say you spend, what, 10 hours a week on social media. Let's say you cut it down to two hours. Let's say you on the phone <laughs> a whole lot. Let's say you just cut it back just 10% of how much you're on the phone. And you take that word and you put it in your heart. What would you turn on, you know, TV, MTV, not MTV, but uh, um, BT, or Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, Hulu, whatever. You just say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. What if you did that for a whole year? What would you be spiritually? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want this relationship with God? Join me standing. Lift up your hands. Father, I thank you for these young people. I pray that they would apply the word. If they're not saved, Father, if there's anyone here who's not saved, not born again, I pray that you would save them by your grace. No music playing. Every eye open, every head up. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I'm not born again. I, I'm not plugged to the true vine. I want you to be bold enough and brave enough to wave your hand at me. Say, that's me. Now I want you to take the next step. I want you to come up front. If you're not born again, I want you to come up front. If you're not born again, you want to be born again, you want to be plugged into the true vine, I want you to come forth now. Is there anyone, every eye open, every head up. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my angels and my heavenly Father. So take the first step. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. If you're not born again and you want to be saved, I want you to come forth now. Don't, don't clap yet. Praise God for this young lady, young woman. Just face me. Stand right here. Just face me. Is there anybody else? Say, I'm not born again. I want to get saved. Is there anybody else? Nothing to play with your emotions. I want you to make a quality decision to come to Christ. Is there anybody else? Say, I'm not born again. I want to be saved. Don't come because of your friends. Because, come because you want him. There's a tongue in your heart. I want you to yield to that. That's the spirit of God. It takes faith. Real men and women of God to acknowledge that they are sinners and they need the Savior. Come on, stand right here. If you're here to be born again, just stand right here. Is there anybody else? I'm not plugged to the true vine. I'm not plugged to the true vine. Is there anyone else? Okay, lift up your hands, people of God. The Father loves you with an everlasting love. Nothing that you have done could ever stop his love for you. His love is relentless. It's unstoppable. I want you with your own words. I can take, I'm going to take you through a prayer. But see, praying doesn't make you saved. Jesus' grace saves you. You're just releasing your faith or placing your faith in the living Christ. With your own words, I want you to call on God and ask him to save you with your words. So go ahead and close your eyes and with your own words, you just ask God to save you. Saints, y'all begin to pray that their spiritual needs will be met. Say, Jesus, save me. With your own word, God, save me. I recognize I need you. Lord, Lord, just meet my spiritual needs, Father. Only you can save them. Not an altar call, not a prayer, but Jesus himself can save. I ask you to save these four individuals, Father. Radically change them by your grace. Oh, God, I ask of you, Father, pour out your grace upon them, God. Change them, transform them. 
Cause them to know you. The seed of righteousness to be planted in them, God. Oh, God, I ask you in Jesus' name. I cry out for their salvation, Father. I pray that they won't get just a tradition, but they'll get a real, authentic relationship with you, God, through Christ. Father, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you to pray this prayer out for me, and I want you to mean it with your heart. There's no magic. Look at me real quick. There's no magic in what I'm about to pray, okay? The, you're going to release. It's simply releasing your faith in Jesus. So with your words and with your heart, I want you to release your faith. And people of God, I want you to join me as we lead these four to the cross. Say, say it with me. Father God, Father God I, acknowledge I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. I need you, Jesus. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord of my life. I renounce sin. I renounce the kingdom of darkness. And I embrace Jesus and his works. I place my faith in Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised Christ from the dead that he is my Lord. He's my Savior. I receive him now in Jesus' name. Give God some praise, people of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know if you have Brother Marcus, take you all. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Amen. Come on, rejoice. 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 Rejoice! There is a party in heaven right now. They are turning it up in heaven right now. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Father! Hallelujah! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there's anyone here who says, I, I'm plugged into the vine, but I'm not producing, I want you to come forward. Thank you, Lord. If you're here, you say, I'm plugged into the vine, but I'm not producing, I want you to come forward. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're plugged into the vine. You're saved. You know you're saved. For some reason, the, the, those fruit, the fruit is not there like it should be. Won't you lift up your hands? Won't you lift up your hands? Won't you look to your father and my father, our father. And with your own words, I want you to acknowledge your need for some production, some, some fruit in your life. Use your words. And you ask the Father to produce the fruit. You ask Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to help you to produce fruit in your life. I'm going to take you through a general prayer, but I want you, it's about you and God now. So with your words, you cry out to God. And the saints who are remaining, I want you to pray for these young people. Father, I pray that you would cause fruit to produce in their lives. Holy Spirit, cause repentance. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, may there be repentance in Jesus' name. God, repenting for not producing the right fruit. Repentance for not, God, we, we acknowledge that we haven't done things, we, have, we haven't been actively plugged in, causing our life to be governed by the true vine. Oh God, I pray that you'll sweep through here right now with, by your spirit and cause a transformation, cause a change, Father. Destroy the strongholds. Strong, remove the ungodly desires, cause a godly desires, godly ambitions, godly appetites. Father, give them a, a thirst and a hunger as only you can, Father. Oh God, I pray that the spirit of reading and studying, meditating and memorizing the word of God will come upon them. That they'll be hungry for your word, hungry for the things of God, hungry to get into the church. And to connect with their pastors and elders and youth pastors and youth leaders. God, strengthen them. Cause a transformation right now to take place. 
as only you can. It's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Lord, you by your spirit adjust and change and transform, remove strongholds, remove barriers, anything that is hindering them from growing spiritually. I speak against those things and I command them to go in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we repent before you. <coughs> we recognize our need to change. Lord, we want to encounter you, the true God, your God. Be God to your people. Lord, let these young people, let, I thank you for setting them on a course that will transform lives and nations. They will transform nations. I thank you that they'll change the world through their obedience to Christ. They'll change their world and they'll change the world, Father. Oh, Father, I thank you, Father. Oh, praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. And you leaders, I want you to suit, get, get with women, women and men of God. I want you to come and pray for the young people. Come and pray individually. Come and pray individually with the young people. Pray for them. We, we need to labor with them in prayer. Father, we pray that you would transform lives. Transform. Let, let there be a transformation, God. Oh, God, we cry out. We cry out to you, God. We cry out. Let there, let there be fruit to remain. Oh God, produce fruit a year from now. Let them see the fruit of their relationship with God. Oh, let them draw from the true vine in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We praise your name, Father. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. We glorify you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you, Father, for transforming lives, causing Father God, vine dresser, prune us that we may bring forth more fruit. Prune us. Prune us, Father. In the name of Jesus, prune us. Oh God, cultivate, train us, bring forth that fruit that you so desire, Father. We want to produce fruit of righteousness, the fruits of righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit. We want to be real Christians. We want to be a real Christians. In Jesus' name, we want to be biblical Christians. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit. Fill us with your Word. Change our minds. Change our hearts. Change our appetite, change our friends, change our music, change our life, change our attitudes, change our habits. Oh, Father, break the bad habits, Lord. Break habits, habits of yielding to the flesh again and again and again. Break that cycle of sin. Break the cycle of sin, oh God. Break the cycle of sin, that which we keep repeating, that which we do often. When sin visits us, may the word come out of us. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, when sin visits us, may the word come out of us. When we're tempted, may we speak your word. Father, plant the word in our hearts. Hide the word in our hearts. Change us. Transform us. Renew our minds. Renew our hearts. We recommit and renew our commitment to you. We pledge allegiance to the Lamb of God, to the blood-stained banner. We pledge allegiance to that which is eternal, that which is of God, that which is giving glory to Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Now say this prayer with me. In the name of Jesus, Father, I come before you and I confess my sins. I recognize that I'm not growing like I should be. Holy Spirit, I invite you inside. Help me to produce the fruit that the Father gets glory out of. I yield myself to the Spirit of the living God and to the Word of God. I submit myself to the Word and I resist the devil. I break the powers of, of, of Satan over my life in Jesus' name. I am, I am complete in Christ. I am in the kingdom of light. I am in the kingdom of Jesus. The ruler comes 
but he has no claims in me. I am free. Jesus has set me free. I'm free from sickness and disease. I'm free from sin. I'm free from the world. I'm in the world, but not of the world. I'm free to serve God. My mind serves righteousness. My mouth serves righteousness. My body serves righteousness. I'm a servant of righteousness. I serve righteousness. I am an instrument of holiness. I will produce good fruit that the Father gets glory out of. In Jesus' name. Now worship your Father.